Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 8, Sine Qua Non. Why do you think she kept me on in the first place? To thank me for rolling over? No. No, to help legitimize her coup. In the military, we used to talk about facts on the ground. Well, the facts on the ground are these. Right or wrong, Adama will never recognize you as president, and we need someone he will. Now, the quorum has a legal authority to appoint an interim president in a time of crisis. And I suppose you have someone in mind. Mr. Anderson, we're back. And, uh, <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> I wasn't fucking, I was ready, but not for that. Mr. Anderson, we're back. And I didn't mean to make you spit your cup of joe all over your brand new fucking computer. That's fucking ruined. Like the potato famine killed me whole family. Ruined. Ruination. If it makes you feel any better, I'm carrying around my dead wife's cat, which is also dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have been wondering about my stinky bag. Yeah, it's me wife's dead cat. <laughs> Smells worse than Tom after he's drunk himself stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You all wondered why me hand smelled so foul when I reached into me bag throughout the trial. I was giving him a sweet stroke. A good pet under his chin. He likes it. He likes it. He does. Despite being fucking dead for weeks. <laughs> being stiff as a bard. <laughs> Yep, that's the way it's going to be. And you know what? Straight up, I don't even care. Even after saying all this, joking about Romo, and even how he has that crazy guy moment, pulls a gun on Lee. Um, Romo Lampkin, 2020. Straight up. Straight up. (laughs) Romo Lampkin, 2020. I fucking love him. I fully endorse him. I rubber stamp anything he wants to put through. Absolutely. Romo (laughs) Romo Lampkin's my fucking hero. I love this dude, dude. He needs his own show. Romo Lampkin will have his own show if there's justice to be had in the world. (laughs) Fuck Caprica. But as long as the English still have power over us, there'll never be justice in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody red coat bastards. You're not going to make me wear a rubber, are you? You know the church says wearing one of them's a sin, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Raw dogging it like Christ, won't it? Oh, fuck. Uh, Yeah, buckle up, everybody. This is a Romo episode. There's going to be a lot more Irish accents. <laughs> fucking love this dude though man i fucking i was so excited because you know you guys know it's a long established fact of this show i do not look ahead at all i don't look at the names of the next episodes except when we talk about it at the end i don't look ahead at anything so i had no i never have any idea if somebody if there's a returning character or a guest star i never know any of that shit I, it's always a surprise walking in i can't tell you my fucking girlish squeal of delight when i was like oh lampkin's back <laughs> like fuck yes it's gonna be a lampkin episode I'm down. So fucking down. I understand you little girl's feeling better. Lost her spleen, though, eh? Pity that. <laughs> Patriot Games. <sighs> Sean Bean in Patriot Games plays the Irish terrorist. Oh, it's beautiful. He's so good in the dude. I, s- I need to watch that. Dude, you, it's worth it, Just Bloody proud of yourself, are you? You stuck your nose in where it didn't belong, and now you've killed my baby brother. It's fucking, <laughs> fucking, it's so good, man. I don't know if it's a good movie. It's probably not. I probably don't. Rem- it's probably better than I think it is. But I just love Sean Bean, so it helps. 
<laughs> right. But I, uh, dude, I've seen that movie, but it's I, I saw it when it came out. Hot minute. Watch that. It's been a hot minute. Well, hot we're picking minute. up right where we left off, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're sort not, <laughs> but the show is. <laughs> the show is picking up where it left off. Um, and uh, I see, I see the. I see you posted the thing, and I see some quote, some some listener comments in there. They're pretty high on this episode. Um, how do you feel about it? This episode? Yeah, dude, I really enjoyed this episode. You like um, Romo Lamkin, do you? Oh, I mean that that always helps. Um, but also, dude, the, like the shock, the moment he pulls a gun on Lee was a genuine shocking surprise to me. I was like, whoa! I mm. and I honestly thought it was gonna go, it was gonna break bad. And I was like, okay, wow, Lampkin's back, and I'm enjoying that. I guess this is his last episode, though. <laughs> He's probably gonna try and waste Lee and get arrested or just get shot, and that's gonna be into that. I'm like, fuck. Well, that sucks. Why'd you have to do that, Romo, you fucking weirdo that I love? Um, but no, dude, overall, well, probably my single favorite fact of this episode, like the, the, the way this story is told, is that it is a Admiral Adama episode. It is a Bill episode. I love not cutting away and seeing what's going on uh, yeah. with the base star that's jumped away. That 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 is kept from us. That is my favorite kind of. I don't, I don't know exactly what you call it, but like an audience mystery of like that that dramatic tension of you don't get to see that. We'll find that out later. I'm like fuck yes. Like I love getting to sit with our main main characters, especially Bill. We, you know, it's been a while since we've had a Bill focused episode like this much of a focus on him and i fucking love it um and 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 it's just so great to sit with these characters while they have to endure not knowing and by not showing us we also get that same dramatic tension of like we don't fucking know what's going on with them like i don't know how rosalind's doing i don't know how any of them is are they all fucking dead like probably not i mean if you're thinking you know in a meta sense of like they're not gonna kill off all those characters off screen like that's ridiculous but you have no idea where they are what's going on what kind of peril they could be in and that really gets hammered home peril they're in (laughs) great peril let's do it lampkin style peril they're in great peril Um, but no, like, I love that. Like, I love the choice to keep that from us and to let us kind of be in distress like the characters. And I'm like, that's good good storytelling, baby. I love it. Uh, but yeah, dude, I'm high on this episode. I really enjoy the share of this and I can't wait to talk about the Saul Thai fucking Adama goddamn match of the century. (laughs) Hell yes. That fucking, that Jason Bourne fight they had in their office and then just get back to being pals. (laughs) I fucking love it. I think if I'm scoring that fight, I'm going with Ty by, in a split split decision. About to say, man, Ty got it. Ty got in a full mount for a second there. He (laughs) also dropped it. He fucking rained hell on his face for a second. A couple of big shots. Yeah, I actually was seriously like, wow, you look pretty good for that, Adama. <laughs> I was expecting a more bloated face after yeah, that. Yeah, I wanted to see a fucking hamburger on the side of his face. <laughs> no such luck, though. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot I like about this episode. I There's a couple of questions that come up when I'm watching it, though, like just natural questions I have, and maybe we can talk through them. But I think by and large, I enjoy this episode for sure. Um, I like anytime we're going to focus on the characters we've known for four seasons, I'm excited. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Romo coming back, he was such an interesting character in the past. Hell yeah. That to see him again was really neat. Um, it's funny to see Adama having to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the listener comments this week were surrounding um, this idea of Adama and his power. Um, and the idea of do we have democracy or we, or, or do we not, um, and, and what that means. You know, this 
mm-hmm. this bill just not having it from anyone in the episode. I think uh, I think uh, Jackie was saying she's. Uh, I'm assuming that's a girl. I might be wrong about that, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I'm almost positive Jackie is that. But <laughs> gotcha. Um, just just interesting stuff talking about. I understand accepting a new president, even interim one, probably feel like given up on Rosin. But is there even a democracy in the fleet at this point? It's a good question raised by her. Uh, he's essentially conducting a coup against the government. Zarek is absolutely a shady piece of ship. Rosin must have trusted him enough to make him her vice. Uh, right. So there's there's little questions like that that come up. Um, a couple other people, I think maybe it was Daniel Mertz this week, was talking about how Adam is the true ruler because he chooses what orders he will follow and ones and which ones he won't. Um, he's in, he's in essence, if I'm not mistaken, I think he almost calls him a dictator of light. I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, interesting thoughts as far as that go. A benign dictator is the words he, he to quote. Right. He is truly a benign dictator to the point that the appointment of a son after 10 minutes in politics as a president is the only way the government will even be able to get a phone call into him with the disappearance of the woman he has come to love close quotes. Uh, so there's a lot of sentiment like that about this. Um, there is a question posed to you. So I don't know if you read through all of them. If you didn't, I'm bailing you out. Bailing. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Brinkley did. said, my question to you, Matt, is this, after watching this episode, do you feel that hope alone is enough to get our beloved characters past the adversity that they face? Will there be a happy ending? You can think about that question and come back to it if you want. Uh, that is a good question, of course, by Tommy Brinkley. Tommy Brinkley fucking kills it with the questions. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy. Dude, and I'll tell so you, at this. there's been really good comments this week. Tommy, yeah. Jackie, uh, Danny, uh, Callum, Bandry. Ah, Callum Bandry. Bandry. Um, he references Adama making mistakes, letting his personal feelings influence military decisions. So he's getting into that stuff as well, uh, where he says, unfortunately, though, even if his military actions were justified, there's no excuse for ignoring Zarek and the quorum. Um, I really felt for Zarek when Lee admitted he couldn't see his father accepting Zarek. So we can, a lot of good jumping off yeah. points to discuss. Yeah. Um, it's funny, all that talk and not much talk about, I mean, I'm sure in those giant quotes, there's some Romo talk, but the fabric of the fleet, like Romo's interest, Romo is an interesting character because the actor is interesting and he's good. Oh, hell yeah. Now, yeah. The, the interest in, in this episode could exist without him. And I don't even mean that as a negative to him because it's interesting what's going on. It, like you said, it's an Adama episode, um, which brings me to a point I was thinking about. And, and I, obviously you can't because of the way the entire plot's structured in this episode. But I was thinking it would be cool if they gave Zarek a little more to do, maybe give him some of Romo's stuff because he's so embroiled in the middle of this as the possible vice president. I mm-hmm. almost feel like he could have gotten a little more screen time. Um, that was the only real like criticism I had this week, to be honest with you. You know what's funny is that I I actually agree with your criticism as far as like you know the assessment of the show, but I actually dramatically I like that that um, Zarek is so reduced because like I think it brings I'm willing back to that, listen. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean it brings back that whole old mistrust. I mean I, I think it, it's a great reminder that no matter what, people's reputation follows them, and it's kind of hard to shake. And like the guy started out as a fucking terrorist. I mean you Fair can enough. argue the righteousness of it, um, but at the end of the day, I think even I, I bet in a quiet private moment, even the other core members would be like, I can't trust this Eric. Like, oh. like right. they probably also have that about him. Mm-hmm. And so I mean to be honest, it made me. I, I agree with, with our listeners too. Like. I really 
was kind of pissed about how reduced Zarek was. And he's kind of like, everybody, please. And he was like genuinely trying to do the right thing and just like get across the information, answer people's questions and like step up. Like, I really do think Zarek is doing nothing but the right thing this episode. And he keeps getting sidelined because of people's mistrust of him. That's kind of unjustified at this point. Um, But I think that's realistic. I'm like, yeah, they probably would kind of fucking disregard him, even unjustly so. Uh, and it pisses me off because I like Zarek a lot, but I'm also like, I kind of see it. I can, I can imagine people's bias against him. Right. Yeah. It is, it, 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 huh. it becomes very interesting because on the one hand, I don't know if there, there is super, I, I'm sure people are biased against him because of his past. That said, what's really fascinating about this entire piece is how, so, <sighs> Uh, on, on, I want to talk about Bill as he relates to Zarek, as it relates to Lee, as it relates to the quorum. And I know that seems like a lot, but but I think it's a good discussion point. And, and just feel free to jump in at any second in case I get a little convoluted here because I'm really, I'm thinking about this on the fly. So I apologize <laughs> for maybe being stupid in what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So here we go. <clears throat> so on the one hand, I understand Bill's prejudice towards Zarek. And I understand that it's something right. that may never go away. Um, we have seen moments of trust between Zarek and Roslyn, however, um, which brings it back to Roslyn trusted him enough to keep him as vice president because she could easily have chased him out. Now, right. from a meta perspective, you could just argue, well, the show didn't go that direction. So that's probably why that never actually happened. I don't know. Maybe you could make that argument. I, I'm not sure. But this brings me back to the quorum and Lee's suggesting that they're not going to, he's, Bill's not going to accept you, right? The, the commander's not going to ex- accept you, he tells him. Right. So right. what I think fa- is fascinating about this whole thing is that on the one hand, it, it's weird. It's like a dog, it's like the snake eating its own tail because Bill believes, Bill, Bill has a certain prejudice towards Zarek. Fine. But we also see a quorum that can't get its shit together with the vice yeah. president and they're all over the fucking map. So Fucking if I'm Bill Adama, yeah. I'm like, well, well, get your shit together. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I understand Bill's perspective a little of, of kind of just being like, shut it down. Like you guys are bickering. You're not figuring it out. It doesn't seem no. to be that you have confidence in Zarek. It, it appears that everyone's just squawking about the president. The president's disappearance has caused a, a big ripple in the quorum, obviously, because they're all wondering like, what the fuck's up? I think personally, the quorum is probably pretty weak and has come to rely on Rosalind and maybe they don't realize it right now. And, and, and maybe they're realizing it now, how much they rely on her because when she's gone, clearly they can't get it together. No. It, it seems yeah. like this should have been it. I don't know, but there's a government in place. Presumably this government has articles or of some sort of, uh, some sort of constitution as it were, for lack of a better word. And I'm guessing it's pretty goddamn clear what's supposed to happen when the president becomes abducted. And it should have just happened. Yeah. But all exactly. of this fucking shit and the bickering and the bullshit has got to get a guy like Bill Adama, who has a very clear chain of command in the military mm-hmm. with lots of redundancies and plans should things get ugly, is probably like, how can I trust can these like- fucking idiots? <laughs> exactly. So I understand it- Bill's decision, even though yeah. you may argue it's not a very constitutional one, right? Right, right. And well, <clears throat> the other... the. And as much as like I love Bill in this episode, I even agree with most of his calls, really. Um, but one moment where, and I, I think for one, it, it's a realistic 
uh, mistake or flaw, whatever you want to call it, uh, for Bill to make because that's just he's just a different kind of thinker and he's not a pol- politician by a mile. Not like, a he's mile. Like, Fuck yeah. all that shit. Um, but like in truth, I, I feel like the right thing to do if you're not Bill Adama, if you're just if it's somebody else is is the the military commander. Uh, who actually does command a ton of respect among the fleet, that is your moment to step into the quorum and be like, everyone needs to rally around Zarek right now. Zarek and I are now the people in charge. Fucking cool it. Like, that's your moment to, like, kind of endorse the the vice president and, like, help bring order back and let start get people to start listening. But because Bill doesn't like him so much, he refuses to do that, and that just, you know, the chaos just keeps going. Right. And, like, and Dude, Bill, this is your moment, man. And it's a chicken and the egg thing because obviously a lot of the tension in the quorum is Bill refusing to take calls. You know, like, it's not right. like they're yeah. just panicking in a vacuum, but they're also yeah. like, what's going on here? You know, so... I can understand what they're doing, but dude, you know what? I know this is kind of a weird metaphor to apply to it, but it it honestly reminds me of the times because uh, I've been a server a lot uh, over the years. There is no more annoying position to be as a server with some, when something's wrong with a table's order because the kitchen's right. mad at you, the customer's mad at you, everything's your fault, and you're like, I'm literally the messenger. Like I'm the messenger. I didn't prepare right. this fucking food. Right. I put your order in ex- exactly correct. Somewhere along the way, it got fucked up. Or, or people just forgot something, and it's like nobody wants to cop to it, and it's all your fault. <laughs> That's how I felt about Zarek in this situation. I'm like, he really is trying to do the right thing. No one's taking his call, and everyone's screaming at him. I'm just like, that sucks. Right. God, that sucks, man. I, I mean, and things come up like, oh, they've supported Gaius Baltar. Is there any can chance I, he'll yeah. support you? And and when he says, I'm afraid only Adama can answer that, I think that I think that's his biggest misstep in the episode. Because it, because it seems like weakness to me. I think I would have said something along the lines of he's going to have to, he, he's not going to have a choice. Like you, mm. like if yeah. uh, you know, if, make, make him come in and take you out in handcuffs. If that's what it takes. Do you that's know what I mean? A, that honestly, dude. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. The fact that like he, in that moment, I mean, that's something we haven't talked about in a while. He's, he's sort of deferring to the military right. authority and not really mm-hmm. being, what I imagine is the Zarek renegade of his past and going, well, he's going to have to answer for it. And if not, he can come in here and fucking drag me out. Cause this yeah. is the and goddamn I mean, legal government we're talking about here, you know? And we forget too, like, like a lot of times, you know, power, like, Oh, th- this power is legitimate. This power is not legitimate, blah, blah, blah. There is no such thing as an illegitimate or legitimate power. Power has to assert itself. And it's like in that moment, Hey man, technically you have the constitution or whatever, Behind you, you're the fucking vice president. The president's <laughs> gone. By law, you are the person in charge, and you could stick with that. And so you could just essentially enforce that, assert that, and be like, "No, I'm the fucking acting president now." And if he has a problem with that, he can fucking come down here. Yeah, I like. like I, see, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to mince words on this, just because this is something that highly interests me outside of Battlestar Galactica. I think. Oh, totally, yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right about that. Except I might. I might take umbrage with the word legitimate. I. I almost feel like. It's just the reality, or it is not the reality. Like, oh, exactly. No, that's what I mean. I, I think. Yeah, and I, the, I figured that's idea. what you meant. But the word "legitimate" is a sticking point for me, and in, in the, the oh, way sure. I feel about certain things, because I always say, "Well, you know, oh, I feel what <laughs> is or isn't legitimate." You could argue from a moral standpoint, which I don't think you're doing, but I understand what you're saying. In other words, you're saying 
power either is or isn't a reality based on how strong you can enforce it, right? Well, I mean, what is a military coup except for the military yeah, taking course. over a government by gunpoint and saying, we're in charge now, we're the, we're the legitimate authority, and if you try and stop us, we'll kill you. Right. Like, and now you, you can have call to them illegitimate. Okay, they're in charge. Right. They got the tanks and the planes, so they're in charge. Right. What I'm saying in that case is you could still call them illegitimate morally, even though oh, sure. the reality yeah. is they still have the power. I'm just being pedantic on the word. That's all. Oh yeah, just, no, totally. But I, but I think like, you and I are saying the same thing. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Power, I mean, power we, is like unto itself. Think about it. There are governments in the world today that are we totally accept. It's like, oh yeah, those are the that's the government. Those are the people in charge. But thirty years ago, they took power by gunpoint, and it's like now we just recognize it as legitimate, and it's like okay. But they just kind of took it. Yeah. <laughs> they just said we want this. Happens the world like, over, all the time. All the time. Sometimes with the help of the CIA, but that's for a different podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's a pretty wild situation Eric finds himself in. To where you know, I've never quite. I, I think I think Zarek, whatever Zarek did in his past that he was serving twenty years for, whatever that was, is has come and gone. And some people believed he was. It, it, you could the, the thing I like about Zarek's backstory, mm-hmm. it's never quite clear how. It's never quite clear if he did something evil or if he did something good. And now I might be, I might be misremembering. I think he actually right. did kill people. So that puts him in a bad spot as far as I'm concerned. But there, right. were, per- <clears throat> there were people who believed, even on the Galactica. In fact, I think Duala had her own opinion on this, that it was like, you know, he was fighting for people who were being oppressed type of thing. Like, I'm pretty sure there was some, yeah. Yeah. There was some divisiveness amongst the... Uh, I can't. I can't remember the name of the colony he's from, but I remember in that episode where he's introduced that it was talked about that essentially that colony was essentially the poorest and most kind of oppressed uh, and outside of a lot of political influence uh, compared to the other colonies. And he was, that's why he was like attacking shit or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember uh, the names. I'll I'll pull it up right now. Zarek, Tom Zarek. um, He was charismatic, eloquent, ideological, political agitator who turned to terrorism and was eventually incarcerated for blowing a government building on Sagittarius. 20-year ah, incarceration good. culminated in sojourn on Astral Queen, prison ship. Um, he was under parole during the time of the attack, available for parole. Afterward, uh, he was uh, the Sagittarian Quorum of Twelve uh, delegate and uh, vice president. There we go. Yeah, there you go. So that's what it was. Sagittarian. Sagittarian. Yep, yep. His first appearance in Bastille Day way back in season one. Way on back. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. I don't, uh, I don't envy tough. that position. And then, you know, it, it helps us shift to what Lee is thinking, right? Uh, here's Lee trying to be this, this is law, political man, whatever the fuck he's trying to be. <laughs> and, you know, it's, everyone's bringing it up. Does anyone seriously think that, you know, do you think your father will accept this power transference, this administration shift? Right. And he just says no. Point blank. It's honest. You got to give him that. Right. Like, yeah, and some no. people say, well, he has no respect for the government, blah, blah, blah. And it's not, they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, I, I think if you want to, I think in that moment, if you really want to make sure to, if you don't want to just be, like like he says, a benign dictator, like was it Daniel Mertz, one of the listeners? Oh, yeah. If, if you make him, then make him do more. Like if you want to challenge yeah. Bill, you have to sort of, some some of the comments were talking about how Bill has always sort of done what he wants to do. And I guess 
on some level he has, but at the same time, yeah. what he's wanted to do has been influenced by good arguments. One of the one of the great sure. dynamics between early Bill and early Rosalind is him sort of learning in a moment from her a well-presented argument about a particular direction the fleet may or may not be going and him capitulating to her after really hemming and hawing about it and not really wanting to do it. So, yeah, of course, you could say he's only ever doing what he wants to do, but but maybe. I mean, that's getting too cute with semantics. But we've <laughs> seen him change his opinion based on some of Rosalind's debates and arguments against certain decisions that he may have made, and it's worked on him in the past. We've seen it work on him. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and then he would then he would follow that decision. Right. The thing I always think about with Bill, though, and I was thinking about it a lot with this episode, is the time when he kept pulling the fleet uh, to search for Starbuck as well. Sure. Like, yep. It is one of Bill, it's a noble weakness, but it is <laughs> one of Bill's weaknesses that if it's somebody he cares about, he is kind of willing to put a lot more lives at risk to get them back. And I mean, in a way, it's like that makes him a very strong man and determined. And, you know, he's a good man with a good soul. But at the same time, you're like, you can't be doing that all the time when you have thousands of people depending on your your protection yeah i I think it's interesting that it does come back here though yeah absolutely and and meanwhile before it even gets to bill you have lee trying to convince zarek uh, explicitly behind closed doors he will never accept it and the quorum has the power to appoint somebody so we need to we need to do that and zarek's like well i'm guessing you have someone in mind i like the cynicism there right that makes sense to me (laughs) To which yeah. Lee just is like, no. <laughs> and dude, and see, now actually one of my sticking points with this episode, and I still, okay, the episode does it very well. Uh, I, I think the way that we come to Lee being the president is interesting and well-written, but I did kind of have that slight shady, eye roll though. moment of like, of course, like, yeah, of course it's going to be Lee. It's shady as fuck, boy. too. Huh? It's shady as fuck. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. We've talked about this before. Like, it, from the outside, like, you know, especially somebody like the Pegasus, like when they first arrive and they, they kind of like, okay, well, give us updates. What, what's, you have a government? Okay, cool. What, how's it work? Blah, blah, blah. Who's in charge? If you start going through the history of how things have gone, you're like, <laughs> so this is like some family dynasty bullshit you guys are doing? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, there's been, you know, one election and the Adamas have just been all over everything. I would be, as an outsider, I'd be like, fucking Adama family. What are you, the Clintons? Like, why are fucking- you just get shit for free, all of you? Fucking Tokugawa. I was shogun it, baby. <laughs> Maintain that power with the blade. Whatever it takes. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. funny. It Right. Because, it, so here's what I mean by, if you sort of pull them out of the plot a little and you look at them, you go, it's a little, it's a little corny. But when you look at it and you just go, okay, so tie fuck six, good on you. And then gets the, <laughs> nice. and then gets the fleet. Hey, hey, real quick. Nice. Real nice. And then gets the fleet. And then Adam is, and then Lee is a fucking in the government for 17 minutes and gets the presidency. What are you doing, Bill? What the <laughs> fuck are you doing, man? Also, I'm just going to leave. Bye. Yeah. Take it easy. Tie your own command, Lee, your president. Because reasons. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm too horny to stop thinking about Roslyn. I got to go. The Tokugawa dynasty must endure. <laughs> All right, Bill. Where's the detonator? Where is it? Where's the dynasty? <laughs> the Adama dynasty will last a thousand years. <laughs> Fucking God. Where's Romo taking the dead cat? <laughs> <laughs> 
Stinky bag. He's fucking hanging upside down holding Romo. <laughs> like he's the fucking <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. Dark Knight shit. <laughs> Where's Romo taking the cat? I'm going to drop you off this balcony and let you break your shit. <laughs> on, a fucking, on a fast rope. Oh my god, dude! Also, before we go by, it's in the it's in the like opening two three minutes or whatever. Small scene. Um, I really liked that moment with Doc Cottle and the dying yeah. six. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, I really like how much we're starting to see, you know, with prolonged contact with Cylons and just kind of having to deal with them. And they're okay. They're here now. We have one who's in our fleet, and we accept her. And oh, cool. And you know, we're, we're having a truce with some of them and like you're having to like really interact with them and kind of see them as, as you know, you can't say humans, but as entities, not just enemies. And I like how we're starting to see a lot more people on the ships seemingly starting to open their eyes a little bit of like, wow, they are just kind of people though. Like they are, like they die, they feel pain, they feel scared, like they're just people. Um, and that was just such a cool wordless way of showing that, that he, you know, she reaches her hand out and he takes it like, cause what else can you do in that moment? It's awesome. Yeah. It's and, really and, cool. and then this is contrasted with Lee telling Lampkin, like, there's going to be bloodshed unless we fix this, which is so crazy to think about. Like really over hey, that's, that's crazy. Fix yeah, your that's- shit guys. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, why are you accepting that as just a reality? Like, I know, that's exactly. not okay. Like, that's <laughs> bad, Lee. That's not a good thing. Yep. Yikes. Fucking crazy, man. But uh, yeah, I like, uh, God, Six is so beautiful. <laughs> Ty, goes in, Ty goes in to see her. She's such a, man, she knows what's up. Just oh, hell lounging yeah. around. Dude, she's the seduction model. She, if she was a replicant, she'd be one of the working girl models. Like, look at her. It's ridiculous. Like there are fucking there are girls on Twitch that have like half their titties out as much as they can get away with before they get booted off the platform, and they're like, "Hey," and they're like trying so hard, dude. This lady doesn't even try. Nope. She just, just slides around like a puma. <laughs> she slides around what, like a puma. What was that? Fu- oh, Chronicles of Riddick. Remember that? I forget her name, uh, but the actress was that we talked about that. She, she had that same kind of like yeah. Angelina Jolie, just like slinky cat, sexy royal. I, babe. I call it languid. Languid. Oh, languid. that just is a perfect word for her. Like anytime, even though I know it's a fucking prison cell, anytime Ty walks in, I totally expect you know, to see him walk into the room, the door shuts behind him, and we just cut to her on like a red satin couch, just like laid out like, oh, hello. Yeah, I, it's, like, it is. And, and it's funny. And it's, and I'm not even, it's like, it's not even like a gross thing. Like she could, no. she could be wearing all black head to toe with no skin but her face showing. And she just has a way about her. She could be wearing a turtleneck and jeans, and I'm like, that's hot. Just the way she, <laughs> she's hot. The, her Hell movement, yeah. her movement is so rehearsed, so practiced, and that's it's just awesome to watch. I if if he walked out of the cell and and just started pistoling down guys in the name of six, I'd understand. <laughs> I get it, dude. I get it. <sighs> I'm sorry, soldier. I just have to get my nut. Just waste another fucking marine. The fucking evil Morty music is playing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Reloading. He's like magazine dropping as bullets ricochet past him. It's all slow motion and he's reloading the mag. Uh, she told me to do it, Bill. She told me to do it. <laughs> and the whole, he's just walking down the hall, unblinkingly firing yeah. rounds with just a pitched tent in his pants. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, but uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, it's like the games, man, the fucking head games. 
Dude, I mean, all she's got to do, and she she knows it now. Like, he fucking, he caved to it before, and now she's like, and I got you by the balls. Like, she can turn into Ellen, dude. She can just turn into Ellen for him, and he can't say no to that. Like, it's he's wild. just like, and I will now obey everything you say. Can't help it. Oh, man. But, dude, that was another fucking reveal that blew my mind. Uh, that, oh, God. Pregnant? She's pregnant. And it's not a hybrid. We know that. This is some pure old, good, good old-fashioned pure Cylon baby we're about to have. Woody, come on, boss. Come on, boss. What do you mean? You're telling me you would have been able to pull out? Get the fuck out of here, boss. <laughs> You're going to blame me for that? Look at her, for Christ's sakes. Come on. I left that boy in there buried six feet deep the whole time. Come on. What do you mean, boss? <laughs> Come on. You're going to break my balls over this? What are you going to give me? Leave here. Come on. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have fucked her? I mean, fucking look at her. I sprayed on her kidneys, for God's sake. Come on. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> the moment, the moment uh, where Six is like, just blow inside me. You're done. You're uh, yeah. You're, you're just like I done. shouldn't, but I am okay. Yep. Uh, now, dude. God. So amazing. Uh, our bullshit aside, that's yeah. kind of an amazing thing. So you have a Cylon seducing another Cylon, or or maybe they're just you know whatever, and suddenly you have a pregnant Cylon from a Cylon. Is that? Yeah, I think that you know it's funny. We've had all this this intrigue, this you know, essentially the entire series about a human Cylon hybrid. But I'm like, has there ever been a skin job to skin job Cylon baby produced? That might be a new thing as well. Mm. I'm like, is that a thing? Because they don't they don't make baby Cylons. They you know clone models. So I'm like, is that a thing? Is this is this also a whole new entity in this universe? Yeah, man. It's uh, we have not seen it up until this episode, which is the eighth episode of season four, Matthew. <laughs> so I just haven't seen nothing about it. But uh, yeah, well, Adamus, he's having a rough time. His girlfriend, Dude. she took off in dad's car. Nobody's heard from her, right? Mm-hmm. She not took good. off. She took off with dad's fucking muscle car with a bunch <laughs> with a bunch of weirdo. It's 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 a with it's, Baltar. It's, this is a fifties movie, right? I hate that some American t- graffiti shit. It yeah. is because your fucking girlfriend, you're kind of flirting, you you definitely feel something for her, but then she takes off with this handsome younger guy in a, in the nice car and then you don't see her for a while and then everything yeah. sucks at home, right? No wonder he's so pissed off. He's yelling at this guy, you know, yelling at Ty, yelling at fucking uh, yelling at Boomer or Athena, throwing her in the jail cell where your kid won't <laughs> be in the brig. Oh, dude, that real quick on that scene, I think that was such a cool, for one, it was just a nice carryover straight from the last episode, because I mean, shit, we've had another <laughs> boomer assassination on yeah. the ship. He's like, are you fucking serious? Like, first me, now her in the middle of a Cylon truce. She's like, um, well, this one actually worked. Yeah, this I'm one improving, aren't I? Aren't I, Admiral? <laughs> <laughs> My aim's improved, though, right? <laughs> um, but dude, like... I love the way he confronts her and gets mad at her there because he he doesn't, you know, he he lays it all out like you fucked this up, like we're in the middle of a truce, like you put everybody's lives at risk, like fucking why? And, you know, she explains her side that she thought the six was going to take her daughter. But my favorite moment where he's like, I trusted you. Mm-hmm. I trusted you. And, and, and <clears throat> she fucking knows exactly what he means by that. Like, you are a fucking Cylon who shot me, <laughs> almost killed me, and I have let you back on this ship and prove your worth as a, as a officer, uh, the first official <laughs> Cylon officer among the fleet, and you go and fucking do this. Like, like, this to me is a perfect tone setter for Adama's 
struggle for pretty much the rest of the episode that yeah. I am being betrayed by everybody who's closest to me. Like, what the fuck? You know, like he, he is, I, I feel like the way this episode starts and ends is so fucking cool because essentially Adama at least feels, even though it's not 100% true, I think he feels isolated the entire episode, right? He's like, who the fuck are these people? Like, sure, Athena, sure. I, thought I, I thought I had a fucking, you know, handle on her, <clears> and she's fucking going off. Ty's fucking six. My son is going to be president now because Zarek is the fucking president. What the fuck? I hate all of this. This mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, Rosalind's it's gone. A good point. He's just, go ahead. It's a good point, I'm saying. He, he Like, it's all falling around, falling down around him. Right. And dude, the, the ending, I know I'm jumping to the, but whatever. That's like, fine. the ending shot of this episode, I thought was so cool, because we don't see uh, Bill jump away Everyone else jumps away. Yeah. And he's man. there alone. Like the yep. camera pulls away to his little raptor just floating in space by itself. I'm like, that's, again, whoo, that's how you do visual storytelling. Adama's yeah. alone. He feels alone and he is literally visually alone at the end of this episode. I'm like, that's, oh, that's good shit. Oh, yeah, damn, man. that's tasty. Make my nipples hard. Fuck. Um, so, one second criticism I have about this movie, and then we'll get into the Lee Lampkin stuff. Yeah. which will probably get us towards the end of the episode here, like the jumping away. Um, yeah. I love, I love me <laughs> some uh, Katie Sackhoff. I think she's a good actress. I oh, think Starbucks is a good character. But is she like cured now? Wait, say that again? Is she like totally fine now? This bitch was uh, crazy like two days ago. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, you know, like I'm like, is she, is it, was that just to get them back here? Is that was that the calling? I, I don't. I feel like I've lost track of the Starbucks and the in the garbage ship. Kind of, they returned. Yeah. We're back. Is it? Is that while it was? Is she? Is she not feeling the compulsion to go a certain direction closer to Earth? Because um, she went back. Uh, you point. know what I mean? Yeah. Like she went back to the fleet, which isn't closer to Earth. Unless you right. want to get cute with like semantics again, like well, by going back to the fleet, she gets closer to Earth because they're on the right track. You know, like. like that not being that asshole but it's almost like did we forget about that or is it or 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 are we just supposed to believe she's sort of keeping it together for now and it's going to kind of rear its head again i'm not sure i just it's weird that that's the thing because she was i mean people were mutinying against her like five minutes ago and now it's (laughs) like whoa wait a minute now she's just cool she's back running the cap everything's everything's hunky-dory i I, I see your point. I think I'll, I'll give the show a little leeway there because, and I like how they they, they state this stuff uh, pretty early in the episode about how like, okay, we had a ton of pilots aboard that base star and a whole, like a lot of our military resources were on there. And now we're kind of on a skeleton crew again because they're gone. And it kind of puts you in that awkward spot of like, well, Kara's back to being the best we got. <laughs> like literally. That's fair. And so it's a little bit like, I, 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 think, I think she probably had that moment of like, okay, as long as I can fucking keep my shit together right now, they're going to need me and rely on me. And maybe I can just like, all right, this is how to win back a little trust. Fucking do your job right. And I I feel she's a little stiff at the end of the episode. And I think it is that pressure of like, yeah, don't fuck up. They need you really bad right now. uh, And you are probably still on thin ice. Fair enough. Let's have a listen to the beginning of uh, this battle between Ty and Adama. Oh, fuck yeah. You don't. You can't been thinking who is interrogating whom how many of our secrets have you told this thing how can you even ask me that question my loyalty your loyalty no shit i need more than your loyalty you're my first officer i need judgment i need your confidence i'm through jeopardizing this ship 
putting it at risk because of your weaknesses. My weakness. Yeah, you're weak. You're risking all our lives for what? Our missing pilots? No, for a woman. For a fracking woman. You watch what you fracking say about that woman. Ooh. She's the president, not some fracking skin job that I've been banging. What do you think Ellen would say about that? <laughs> She's pretty fucking hot, though, that banging skin job. Suddenly you're going out of this. What do you think Ellen would say about her husband? Pregnant. You motherfucker! Oof. Big right. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So far. All right, hold up. Let's score. I'm going to score this fight. All right. All right, Adam. That's definitely a knockdown. Big power shot for Ty. Eh, body shot, nothing, but ties him up on the cage. We got two shots by Dama. Uh, another <laughs> shot by Dama. Bang. Big left. Puts him down. Two more down. I got Ty. Kick him off. Oh, boy. Split decision, but I'm going to say significant shots landed by Ty or more. I'm going to give a split decision to Ty on that one. There we go. Judges decide. (laughs) (laughs) This fight is over. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. You know how many times I've had to repair that ship? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, my favorite thing about all of this is... This in truth, like it's framed as like, all right, they're coming to heads. This might be a big fucking cataclysm for these two characters. But in truth, they beat the shit out of each other here. Mm-hmm. And when it's done, it's done. Yeah. And he's like, ah, boy, I've had to repair this thing a lot. And they're, they're back. They, it was kind of a release valve for the both of them of like, yeah, you fucking asshole. I just need to punch you in the face. And like, <laughs> same for me. And they get out of our system. We're just like, ugh, okay, fuck. Let me tell I'm you. sore you know, and exhausted. You're, you know what you do for your renegade war hero who had to kill his own wife? <sighs> let him have sex with the silent, okay? And I think- <laughs> just- Come on. I think him. ultimately Bill understands this, but does have to fucking put him through the ringer for it. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I was honestly half waiting for, for Ty to be like, Bill, come on, look at her. Jesus. <laughs> Have you been in there? He just points to his eye, points to a picture of his dead wife, then he points to his penis. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Bill. I can smell it on her. Oh. Yeah, man. He's a fucking renegade. He's a hero. God damn it. He's a fucking hero. Damn it all. <laughs> uh, love my boy Ty. Yeah, Kara yeah, does look pretty stiff. You're right about that. But a lot of it has to do with uh, Adama, her disagreeing with Adama, right? Like, she's like, what are we going to do with the pilots? You're asking me to now risk more pilots. You don't even have enough pilots. And you're going to send them into a blind area to a ship that's probably destroyed, right? So, like, suicide missions, that's what you're asking? And he's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not asking. And she's like, oh, okay. He's in one of those moods. Uh, dude, also, before we go buy it real quick, uh, that moment right after uh, Saul throws the first punch and we, you know, you see Adama go down and uh, Saul's kind of walking towards him, walking towards the camera. I'm like, he has got some fucking Michael Myers presence in that walk. I'm like, damn, dog, he is fucking coming after you hard. I would be scared. That was funny. Yeah, it's, Ooh, a, it's, a, it's a walk with purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go over there and kick you in the ribs. Like, it's that. that's that kind of walk. <laughs> I'm probably going to zip you up in a sleeping bag and bang your head into an oak tree 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> like a girl with pigtails, baby. Yeah, I'm probably going to fucking, oh, fuck. I'm probably going to walk into the, uh, I'm probably going to walk into your quarters and you're banging Rosalind and drive a spike through both of you. <laughs> Just a tent pole <laughs> that I've turned into a spear. <laughs> Pretty fucking funny. hell. Good shit. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's a crazy mission. And um, Lampkin and... Uh, I want to talk about Lampkin and Lee. 
Lampkin and Lee. I I do think it's interesting that he goes. I I always wanted to see Lampkin return in this way as essentially like like an advisor or a counselor. I'm like he seems like he'd be perfect for that. The dude is nothing but a fucking walking aphorism dispenser. Yeah, no like, shit, he's right? Just an, an advice man. Like he's just he's just a, a fucking Irish poet who's just full of wisdom. Like I'm like yeah, fucking talk to this dude. He just um, he's just a Pez dispenser of aphorisms. Like you yank his head back and they just fly out of the bottom of his neck. <laughs> He looks like he got his throat cut by a fucking Mexican cartel. He just pops out a fucking like little wisdom cube. <laughs> I always imagine you as a realist. Conk, conk. <laughs> Come on, I need more Romo. So hungry for advice. If you don't water your potatoes, your family will be hungry. Patan, patan. Clonk, clonk. Without which not. Patan, patan. Just fucking delicious, <laughs> delicious candy for your brain, I guess. I don't know. It's just fortune cookies <laughs> popping out of them. You're like, this shit is so vague. Give me more specifics, Romo. Those things we deem worth it without which we cannot bear living. Kachonk, kachonk. <laughs> Confucius says, he's like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. All right. I didn't do, we didn't do the Confucius upgrade. <laughs> Stick- I didn't download that app for you, Romo. <laughs> What's next? What's next? Jung, stop it. Just stick to your drunken Irish bullshit. <laughs> But the thing, you know, what's what's funny about all of their interactions in this episode too is I do side with Romo for a lot of it, of like this feudal time-wasting, thumb-twiddling bullshit of like, let's put a list of names up and uh, talk about who we exactly. think should maybe someday kind of be in charge. I'm like, oh my God, it's, the most it's useless political committee bullshit. Which is so out of place in this fast-paced there's 30,000 people left. We're in the middle of a war and we're on a military vessel like can stand. Like it's that, it seems utterly out of place in the right. interest of, and that's the thing we always have to remember about all of this. Like even the stuff we were saying earlier about, you know, Zarek could force Adama to come down and deal with him and shit like that. At the end of the day, it's, it's not, it's not an ideal situation for anybody, be it the military right. or the polit- or the politicians. And at the end of the day, the, the, the politicians are sort of existing at the <laughs> at the enjoyment of the military being gracious enough to allow them to exist. And I understand there's demand because the people wanted it, so some would say, and all that shit. And Rosalind's been a good example, despite sometimes me personally disagreeing with her. I think she's yep. still a good example of, of leadership that you would want, especially oh, yeah. when it's coming to counterbalance somebody like Adama or, or Ty or whoever. But she's, it's funny, like... Know, <clears throat> Yeah, go ahead. It's always, I'm sorry, let me just finish this point. It's always yeah. been quick decision-making in this, like, what are we going to do? Let's do it. Not like, let's put on, let's let's make our fucking list, you know? Let's let's write <laughs> yeah, down like, our ideal like, jobs. Like, calling them out for that. I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. is a futile effort. Like, let's, this is, like, what a bunch of fucking wasted time. Let's write down um, what we're good at and what we're bad at. You know, it's like, come on now. Dude, one of my favorite lines uh, in this entire episode, again, it's from Romo, of course, where he's like, what about, I did admire the judge who was in Baltar's case. She seemed very steadfast. And he's like, oh, no, I already talked to her. She has absolutely no interest in politics. He's like, makes me admire her more. And he strikes her name off. I'm like, ah, fuck yes. Ah, so good. Yep. All right, dude. So why don't we, uh, um, do you want to, uh, you want to do Lampkin Lee showdown? The old... <laughs> wah, 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 Derringer in space. One guy has a gun, one guy does not. It's not looking great. It's not looking good. But um, <laughs> talk to me about this scene. This is pretty uh, This is pretty cool. This is intense. And, you know, I do think it's at some point, and I think, you know, this is it, and I think they do, they do it well, 
we we have to see the broken side of Romo. And you kind of get glimpses of it before this. Like, you know, like, mm, there is something fucked up with this dude. Like, he's dealt with some shit. Like, there's something going on there. Obviously, a brilliant guy and very competent, good at what he does. But you're like, oh, there's some, like, hidden pain going on with this guy. <laughs> and it comes out in pretty spectacular fashion that he's been toting around this dead cat from the last link he had with his wife that he can't even let go of. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking intense. And... I kind of really love this idea that his, like, the thing that finally pushes him over the edge and makes him so embittered is like, fuck you and your hope. Like, fuck you and your Mm -hmm. stupid hope that, oh, it's all just going to be okay. We just got to cling together. Because, I mean, for one, I think it makes perfect sense for Roman Lampkin as a character because what does he hate more than anything else? Fucking politicians and their bullshit platitudes. Like, oh, let's play it together. Everything will be great. Through the power of us. Like, he knows that's all bullshit. And he's sick of fucking hearing it. And that he explodes, especially towards Lee in this moment. I think I'm like, yeah, I think that's I think that's what this guy would do. Where he'd be like, fuck this. Like, I've been helping you. I'm doing this that I don't even believe in. Like, all this shit is just nonsense to me. But I'm still, you know, wasting my time helping you do it. And it, and it's all futile bullshit. And he's like, what? and it kind of comes back to that 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 really great quote from Adamo when he was talking to Rosin that one time of like, do we deserve saving? Like as a race, like are, are we are we maybe paying for our fucking sins now? And this is what this is. Like, do we deserve another chance? And it's a hundred percent. That's from the miniseries, dude. So good point. Oh, wow. That was yeah, Adama shit. said that way back in the miniseries. Way back. Well, that's always stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, that's a, it is something you should think about. <laughs> like, and I think that's where Romo's at. He is stuck in that mindset of like, why do we even fucking deserve to survive? Like, all we did was kill each other. All we're doing now is killing each other. Look at it. Your government has fallen into chaos the moment the fucking president disappears and we're in here making stupid lists with fucking post-it notes. Like, Fuck all this garbage. This is nonsense. And I'm like, I kind of get it. Like, maybe it's my own cynicism and fatalism that I have to fight against, but I'm like, I get it. I'm like, I totally get it, man. Um, but I, I, in a way, I also kind of see this scene as a test that he, I'm not sure if Romo would have ever pulled that trigger. What do you think about that? It's a great question. <clears throat> um, I don't think he would have pulled the trigger either because yeah. I think he was just, I don't think he was, I don't think this was either an elaborate test either. I just think it was an emotional outburst right. that Lee sort of talked him down from. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it's I possible. With, yeah. Maybe if he would have fucked up in his approach with Romo, maybe he would have got himself shot, but I don't think so. Um, it's it's possible he could have shot him. He had a gun on him. His fingers on the trigger. It was very emotional. So just that aside, he he could have been shot, but I'm not sure if Romo would have just in cold blood wasted him right here. Right, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Um, to be honest, I was actually also half afraid of him turning the gun on himself. Me like, too, actually. Yeah, like that. that's kind of, I, I thought either this was going to be the end of Romo through either he gets fucking arrested, he gets shot by Marines, mm-hmm. you know, or, or he fucking is like, all right, good choice, Lee, and then just sticks a gun under his chin. Like I actually was like, seems like that could happen. Oh, I would hate it, but it seems not impossible. Which is crazy because, you know, Lee's divorce has been finalized. He put on his nice new burgundy shirt. He left an extra button down. Hey, I'm not going to lie. He was coming out to see his boy Romo. You know, you know that it's a, it's a tale as old as time. The lawyer hooking up. The, the, the lawyer that finalizes your divorce, you're hooking up with the lawyer. It's a good move by Lee. <laughs> it's a good move. And you know, quick aside, uh, as a slight update to the beef report, I'm not going to lie, fucking Lee in, in a one button off on his, his burgundy shirt bumps him up a point. 
bumps him up a point on the beef report. He looks good in that shirt. I'll give yeah. it to him. He's also got the sleeves kind of rolled up. Like he looks like he might be wanting to do a little bit of work too. So he's not a total poofter just yet. He's not a total dandy. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. that politician who's actually like out on the like stumping. So like you know they always do that shit where they like roll up part of their sleeve and be like, yeah, I'm a hard worker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go out there with the oversized scissors to cut a red ribbon on some construction job somewhere. <laughs> fucking bullshit they do. Oh, fuck. The part I come from a working class group of hardworking people, so I understand hard work. And I'm going to ceremoniously stick this shovel into the ground and try not to throw my back out while I do it. Oh, my soft hands. It hurts them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, but my dad busted his knuckles getting me pulling strings into Yale. <laughs> Greased a lot of palms. <laughs> Worked real hard. Fucking lame. It's a good thing Lee did his homework, though, about the about Romo's family. I think that's important Fuck to note me. here. Mm-hmm. Because, he, yeah. you know, it's it's possible... I guess it's possible he could have got himself shot if this went a different way. I mean, because Romo <laughs> no, seems like, utterly stunned I, that Lee knows. But I think it's a good kick in the pants because, you know, Romo has sort of been playing the card side to the chest and now he's having his pity party. But what he doesn't, what, but in, in what he failed to sort of remember in his weakness when he's calling that pathetic insight is is that, hey, dude, we all lost people, okay? I'm gonna I'm stop you right there. We've all we've all we're all in this together. It's all this has happened to all of us. So right. you know we're gonna we're gonna run, we're gonna survive as people mm-hmm. as a species, and uh, that's just the way it's gonna be. To be honest, that yeah, that was my favorite moment from Lee here. That he had the balls to be like, "Hey man, it's war. We've all fucking suffered. We've mm-hmm. all lost people. I lost my fucking brother before the war. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Lee. Like I, I like that he had the fortitude to to point to kind of throw that in his face. Like, hey man. Every single person you have passed in these halls has lost people they care about. Like that's that you are not unique in your suffering in this situation. Um, because and we've talked about that before of like that when characters characters really start to spiral out when they think their their suffering is unique to them and them alone and they're isolated. It's like no, dude. That's everybody every, around that's people, you. That's people are like that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Pe- I mean, that that's how people really get lost in their own you know mental problems. Like. Right thinking that you're alone. It's like, no, man. And especially in this situation, it's like, there is not a person, not only on the Galactica, but in the entire fleet that hasn't lost all, probably like truckloads of family and friends mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, there's just no way. Like, this is the last of humanity. Everybody here has lost people. And and I think that's a big, important reminder to throw in somebody's face like Lampkin of like, hey, dude, no. Like, me, this guy you're pointing a gun at, I've lost people I care about. Everybody on this ship, uh, fucking Zarek, everyone. We've all lost people. You don't get to just throw it in my face. Yeah. It's then, good, man. It's a solid scene. Yeah. And then we get the ceremonious uh, crowning of the new president and the new commander mm-hmm. of the uh, of the fleet. Fucking crazy. Good old Lee. Back in the family dynasty. Yeah. I, I you know, I admire what, I, I kind of admire what Adama's done here in terms of saying, I'm not going to, I mean, again, if you want to overthink this thing, you can say, well, you're jeopardizing the fleet by eliminating your leadership from the pool of resources that the human fleet has, right? You could argue right. yeah. that that's a choice. But at the end of the day, I think he knows himself to know that regardless of sort of that back-ended way to kind of get to where he should logically stay, you could also then say, well, he is a person, and he's a person with feelings, and he has very raw emotions regarding Rosalind right now. And it's quite clear that his judgment is compromised in these moments. 
Yeah. And he may be no good to the fleet. He may be a detriment to the fleet in his current mental state. So versus retiring to his quarters and letting somebody more fit for duty take command while he goes through his bullshit, probably best that he does the thing that he needs to do without jeopardizing everyone else who may not feel the same way about engaging uh, in these search operations and risking everyone for the sake of one person again. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. like, I like that he's learned from his Kara Thrace incident, even though, of course, it's a TV show and that worked out for him. You know, staying behind worked out for him, even though Adama, even though Ty objected and was relieved of command, it still worked out for Adama. But yeah. I like that he knows he probably got away with one and that he was pretty lucky. Take the fact that we're watching TV show out of it. He probably <laughs> knows that he was lucky and got away with one. And he probably knows at this time, I'm not going to jeopardize the entire fleet right now especially in the midst of this political upheaval. And I'm going to stay behind and I'm going to go look for Roslyn and I'm going to jeopardize myself and myself alone. And nobody can stop me from doing that. I admire that. Right. You know, I want to talk a little bit about that as well. And, and Daniel it was Daniel Mertz who left the comment about this. And I think you already read some of it, but I did. in go summary, ahead. in summary, I like this one line he says where he, he's basically as Adama, fuck you guys go find earth. I'm waiting for my woman, no matter what, because I'm the one who decides what happens. And you know, for Daniel's himself, being a lot yeah. more, yeah, and Daniel's being a lot more critical of Adama, and I, and I get it. I get his criticism because at the end of the day, and like what you just said, like there is something to be said about cool. You're, for for what I admire about Adama in this moment is the fact that he understands that he's kind of not fit to lead in this moment. That mm-hmm. he's way too personally attached. He's too close. He's not going to make good rational decisions that will benefit the entire fleet. He's looking for Laura because he loves her, mm-hmm. um, and he steps down so that he isn't distracting in that way. But on the flip side of that, you're like, well. You do kind of just get the privilege of ah, I'm just I'm just gonna you know shuck off my duties and go do the thing I want to do. Like nobody else can do. Do you think the fucking flight deck chief can do that shit? Like nobody else gets to just go meh. I don't feel like it because I'm going to go find my girlfriend. And I'm like I kind of yeah I could see it's how true. that would piss people off. Um, don't you? But at get, the same time, I, go ahead. I was just saying, don't you get the impression that we almost feel the fabric of this structure kind of coming apart at the seams, just little by little. Yeah. And, oh, and what sure. I mean by that is you almost feel like these people are on borrowed time with the way they're starting to make these emotional decisions. And, yeah. and this is the part where so many people fail at that final push before they reach the fucking goal, right? This is the, this is, you know, this is the, the, the fucking crucible, I think they call it in the Marine Corps or like the, uh, you know, that, that moment in SEAL training when they're just like, this is it. This is the breaking point. And, and you almost feel like they're at their it, it is. It's a. It's an age-old tale that seems to somehow, ironically, be true because of whatever the cosmos have laid out for us. Which is like people a lot of times quit right before that initial success. It's that. It's that. Yeah. Silly motivational image of the guy walking away from the final strike on the rock with the diamonds right there, and he's already dug a fucking mile, and he's got one more swing to get to the diamonds, and he's just walking away dejected. You know, right. it's that it, you can almost feel like these people are coming apart right before it because yes, it is. You're right. There, there is that part of it. There's also the, Oh, Kara's got a feeling, take a ship, go. You know, he just, he just kind of gave Kara the same thing yeah. based off of a feeling he's, he's and yeah, man, it's, Oh, we're going to, we're now we're going to negotiate with the Cylons. Now we're going to like it, it, to be where they were and to see where they are. You feel like it's a very fragile time for them all. They're all sort yeah. of frayed and in, in, in weird positions. And you would almost argue maybe out of position a little bit. It's a, it's an interesting feeling, but yeah, Daniel's definitely being more critical of Dama and he's not wrong about that. And 
yeah, what kind of example? What kind of example does it set for everyone else to just be like, well, since I'm in command, I can go look for the person I care about the most, but none of the rest of you fucks can. <laughs> right now, there is some there. It's not you know if 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 we want to get utilitarian, it's not she's not just some regular lady who's loading the dishwasher. Right? She's fucking. <laughs> she's the goddamn president. You know, she has some strategic value. She was, she's, she's also among these other people. It's, it's, she's, she's lost in the midst of an operation that is probably yeah, critical yeah. to the survival of the fleet. This isn't just, oh, she went missing on the, on it. There's strategic implications of losing her and losing contact with these silence that we're trying to broker peace with. So in Adama's defense, this isn't yeah. just a run of the mill missing person case. That's a good point. That is a, that's a really good point. Um, and also too, I don't want to dismiss it because my single favorite scene in this entire episode is when Romo is talking to Adama and they, yeah. they're looking out at, at the, you know, the, the flight crew and they're getting ready to, you know, start doing patrols again. And they're kind of like hugging and kissing their boyfriends and girlfriends. And it's that moment when they're looking out and talking about it and they talk about the whole idea of sine qua non, like the reason to live. And without this reason, life has lost its meaning. And I like that, you know, he doesn't back down here because it, it, smartly, I think Romo does attempt here. He's like, well, he goes, while well, well, I'm on a roll, he's like, how about you go ahead and accept Zarek, essentially that like, hey, look, mm-hmm. you, could do a, you could do a lot worse than Zarek right now. Um, and Adama's like, oh, I have limits to my realism. I'm like, that's a great moment. But I love when even Adama is like, you know, you may have a point, Romo, because he's thinking, and it's such a great, again, just like visual storytelling. We don't cut to it. We don't cut to little flashbacks of Rosalind's face or them kissing or holding hands or any sure, bullshit. Sure. He looks out at other flight crew, you know, hugging and kissing the people they care about because obviously any time they're kissing these people goodbye, it could be the last and it's really important. And he's realizing, and we as the audience, knowing him and his relationship with Rosalind and how it's developed over time, we know that in this moment, talking to Roma, he realizes and kind of like stops denying it that like, I'm fucking in love with this woman. Like I'm in love with her and fuck it. I'll die to try and to try and get her. And that's his reason to be at this point. And he embraces it. And I think that's such a great, like for all, for all the minor flaws in this episode, because to be honest to me, they're all minor. I think this is a great episode, but for all the minor flaws, it's such great character storytelling for Bill and having this moment where he realizes like, I am in love with this woman. Like this is, she means more to me than I've admitted and he finally admits it to himself in the scene. Um, I think that's fucking great. It's just such a great episode about Bill. I can dig it. I can dig it. And uh, yeah, I would say that I definitely, you know, I, I, like I said, my criticisms don't tank the episode for me at all. I still enjoy the episode 100%. I, I would call it a, a very strong like for sure. Um, well, I'd have to call you a fucking bonny lad then. A fucking handsome bonny lad for liking me episode. Oh, thank you. I'm a bonny lad, am I? <laughs> well, I guess that concludes this week's uh, edition of Recommissioned, man. Um, oh, yeah. I have, also, uh, dude, any real more, quick. Sorry, I just want to say any more comments you want to get to? Do you want to get to the question that was posed to you? Ooh, yeah. Let me, let me, I, I have it pulled up. Let me refresh myself on the question. So, Question to Matthew, after watching the episode, do you feel that hope alone is enough to get our beloved characters past the adversity that they face? Will there be a happy ending? <sighs> you know, we haven't talked about the idea of the ending of the show in a minute. Like, we, we talked about a it a while. couple episodes. Yeah, we talked about it a couple episodes back as far as, like, I remember I was starting to theorize, and I still kind of feel this way, of, like, shit, are we going to, is the show going to end with a real, like, kind of brokered peace between silence and humans, and they find Earth together? 
Um, and I still feel like that's a real possibility. Um, but as far as hope as like a theme or like a, a part of the show goes or like what it means to the characters, honestly, I think this episode, as much as it questions the idea of hope and people's faith in humanity, it ends with Bill putting it all, literally all on the line. Like he is, we see him in a flight suit again, looking fucking sharp, by the way. Yeah, Husker. Uh, <laughs> fucking love that shit. Uh, him in his flight suit, utterly determined in a raptor, even as all of the rest of humanity leaves him alone in the vacuum of space with him and his book that he's been loaning to, to, to Rosalind as he goes off to hunt for her. And I'm like, if that is not pure, like weaponized hope, I don't know what it is. Like he is out there on, on hope. And I feel like that to me, I take it as a signal that like, yeah, hope is the thing that's going to get them through if they get through. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a dark moment in the show, but it's kind of like the dark moment at like the end of Empire Strikes Back of like our characters are fucking wounded and everybody's scattered and everything's hurting. The rebel forces are diminished, but they're looking out at the fact that they still have rebel forces and, you know, there is still hope. Like it's not gone. It's hurting, but not gone. Um, and I, I get the same kind of like sense from the end of this episode. I like it. Can I quote yeah. Aomer from um, The Two Towers? <laughs> But of course. Look for your friends, but do not trust hope. It has forsaken these lands. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just teasing. I just like that quote. It's so good. <laughs> it's just a great quote. I just like just saying a- the quote, and I love I love uh, that actor, and I love that character, so that, there you go. <laughs> it's just fucking cinematic. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cinematic as fuck. It has forsaken these lands. Yeah. Oh, fucking- it has forsaken the <laughs> potato and barley fields. No hope for the potatoes. So uh, here's, um, so, so Tommy's question to you, two paragraphs above it. He says, Adama, after a rough start and aided by conversations with Lampkin and Ty, has turned his hope into action. Um, mm. I think that's kind of what you just said, except with a little right. bit more flair, right? <laughs> He's turned his hope into action. And that's the simple way to say it because um, hope is never just enough, I don't think. No, Unless yeah, you're it's not lucky. the only thing. Um, I think hope has to be, I think hope has to inspire you to take action. I think hope, belief, faith, a lot of these things that have come up uh, this part of season four is really just about testing. Keep swinging the pickaxe, the diamonds are there. You have to believe mm-hmm. the diamonds are there, right? Right. Because the only thing motivating you at this point is that that victory is a possibility, I think if you don't think victory is a possibility, just unless you want to just be nihilistic and drag your enemy to hell with you, like Khan, which I love that too. Like if you're just living to spite, like I just want to destroy the Cylons and I'll die destroying the Cylons. I don't think anybody feels that way anymore, uh, yeah. which is interesting yeah. because there are times where these characters felt that way for sure. For sure. A hundred percent. I mean, Adam was like, I'll stay and fight. That's in fact, I'm glad I said that because now I'm remembering Rosalind talked him out of that. She's like, what do you mean? You've already lost. Remember that? Mm, he didn't right. want to hear that. She's like, you've already lost. The war's over. It's done. Yeah. They nuked point. 12 fucking planets <laughs> in war sync. done. It's yeah. over. You've lost. You must yeah. now survive, right? And so that, that you could almost say, it's funny, Tommy, saying hope versus despair could be an impetus in the final season. Hope versus despair has always been sort of flirting with us, always. And it, and it and is very well pointed out there when she's like, you, it, your despair is... We'll all die fighting because that's what we're going to do because there is some virtue in that. But the reality is is that we we can get away. We can survive, and you have to believe we can, so to speak. It's 
you, you don't want to be facing the enemy with nothing to lose who's just willing to to die to for victory you know if you're not prepared to die for victory and they are then you're never going to win you know yep. in, yeah. in the end That's... at the end of the day it's going to be a pile of fucking vaccinated arms you know what i mean <laughs> there you fucking go yeah but i do like this idea of hope causing action as as kind of you said you said i think you said i can't remember how you said it. i like the way you said it though you said um do you remember what you said weaponized weaponized hope weaponized <laughs> oh, hope <laughs> there you go yeah i like it it's a, because it's uh, it's very it's it's very um counterintuitive to hear weaponized hope but i totally hear what you're saying it's a poetic way to say it sir and that's what Act it is that's what it is you know it's uh it's um it's it has to inspire action it has to be something that drives you forward. You don't want to. You don't want to enter into despair because then what's the point? You're just gonna fucking. You're gonna become a nihilist, or you're gonna blow your brains out, or you're gonna do worse. You're gonna, you know, go on a, some kind of killing spree. I, I don't know, but. In the words of me, fellow Irish countrymen and pod W.B. Yeats, this is not country for old men. <laughs> Die young and fearless. <laughs> Except you're not going to look so good all lying there, shot to hell and dying. We're conflicting Irish philosophers. <laughs> That's a, and of how do they work it out? Through, through whiskey and punching. <laughs> it's like uh. that Brad Pitt movie, uh, Devil, D- D- Devil something. He's, it's him and Harrison Ford, and he plays like an IRA guy, and he's like, this oh, isn't an American yeah. story, it's an Irish one. In other words, suggesting it will end sadly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, so good. good episode this week. Good, good, uh, yeah. good comments. I'm, I'm sure we, 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 we peppered the comments throughout, which works because uh, they were all very thought provoking. So thank you guys for that. And of Indeed. course, next time on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the episode titled "The Hub." I guess Ooh. that's a pretty good indication as to where we're going to be spending our time. <laughs> The good point. Yeah, I think we're gonna see the resurrection hub next time. I think we're gonna see the hub. Hubba hubba. So very cool. Good stuff. Good stuff, Matthew. Good stuff, listeners. Thank you guys very much. Good to be back in the swing thing with Battlestar Galactica. And crazy to know that um this uh will be done covering the show before the year is out, which is wild to think Fucking about. Fucking crazy. God, we've it's been a long fifteen years, Dean, but it has there. Yeah, it has it has been a long <laughs> fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great show though. I mean, there's there's a big bet online right now. What's gonna happen first? We're gonna complete coverage of Battlestar Galactica or George R. R. Martin will complete Game of Thrones. <laughs> or will our Rogue One podcast ever end? <laughs> no, Rise of Skywalker hasn't ended. That's the yeah, one that's true. 11 days and counting or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you fucks are still bitching about it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Thank you guys very much. Uh, that was a blast. We'll, of course, catch you on the flip side. In the meantime, check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's right, libertystreetgeek.net, where all of our podcasts are. And Matthew, why don't you throw your socials out there? We should probably start doing this on every pod. Yeah, I guess we should. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew LSG Media. Uh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast yet, actually, but I am doing stand-up comedy now. So if you actually want to see what my big dumbass looks like on stage doing fucking weird jokes and shit, uh, you can find that on my Instagram. That's where I put all of those. So there you go. at Matthew LSG Media. I am at Dean LSG Media on um, Instagram. I have canceled Twitter. Uh, canceled. It felt good. Um, I'm sorry that Kobe Bryant had to die. <laughs> I knew you were joyful when you did that. I'm like, I, Dean was so fucking happy. I'm, I'm sure. sorry that Kobe had to die to get me there, but um, <laughs> that's, where we're, that's where we're at. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm also on Twitch, oh. twitch.tv slash Media. That's twitch.tv slash Media. All right. We got to get out of here. We've overstayed our welcome. You guys have a good evening. We'll catch you on the flip side.